0: This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 D A N. Linda Bolton back with you on the Zoom call this morning. Um, And we are continuing as we are doing much uh, of this month. At Looking at some of the issues, uh, this is the month where we try to raise awareness on breast cancer, suicide prevention, domestic violence. It's a busy month. And we have tried to hit these uh, topics from time to time throughout each of the weeks, and we'll continue to do that. Today, uh, on the Zoom call, I have Marcy Sheridan, who's uh, Executive Director of Survivors Resource Center. I have the privilege, since I'm on their board, um, of working with her. And she is part of the uh, Vermilion County Violence Prevention Task Force. And that's actually one of the things we're primarily going to talk about today. And also here is Chandra Bishop. And Chandra, I forgot to uh, refresh my feeble memory about your title.
2: (laughs) So (laughs) you want to share that with us? I am the Regional Community Health Plan Coordinator for Vermilion County. There you go. It's a a mouthful.
1: (laughs) Well, and Chandra is also the person who has been integral in getting the I-Plan done as, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the I-Plan over the years. That's because I used to consume in my life, um, did many of them, several of them. Um, and so what happens with the I-Plan is always of interest to us on, on newsmakers because it reflects the health of our community. And when we talk about health, it is, um, it is the big H health because there's so many things that are involved. And that's why we're talking to Chandra this morning, as well as Marcy, um, because violence, unfortunately, has become, become part of the health of our community. Well, it's always been, but we're starting to begin to recognize um, how important uh, violence uh, is in the overall health of our community and every community in this country. It's not just us every community is struggling with these issues. So Marcy, explain to us what the Violence Prevention Task Force is and where, how it came to be and what it's about.
0: Sure, so um, the Violence Prevention Task Force started, um, oh, you know, I shouldn't have said that because you know with COVID you lose track of time. So I <laughs> it started, I think- We have right no before. idea
1: anymore. <laughs>
0: no, no, it started, um, I believe before COVID and- um, I think it did, yeah yeah and so we had a little bit of a lull but then ended up you know got on the zoom um, calls and and just started working working out with um, our task force and getting some things done and it did come out of the i plan and i know chandra will explain um, all the work and everything that went into that but it is a group of um, community members that come together to address issues related to all types of violence. You know, with my work, we primarily work with sexual assault victims, um, but we also have different community members who, like Chris, who works with elder abuse and uh, the new Child Advocacy Center um, that um, works with uh, child abuse victims. So, Um, law enforcement, we have the state's attorney's office. We also have community members and survivors of various types of crime that serve on our task force as well. And this is, it's really the goal of um, giving the community the opportunity to address this issue and make positive change um, in our community because we live in a great place. This is, Danville's a wonderful place, County County's a wonderful place. And like you said, no no place is immune to these issues but I think it 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 takes a a big good community to get together and address them
1: well and and unfortunately for the the community of Danville and Vermilion county as a whole there's a lot of bad stuff out there on that uh, stupid internet that we live and breathe by and um I've seen some of it and it's just disgusting um, and the the, miss, the myth and misunderstanding about crime, um, you know, if you want to know what's going on with crime, sit down with Chief Yates, sit down with Sheriff Hartshorn, find out. Um, uh, what you see out there on the Internet is so far removed from reality, it's disgusting, quite frankly, and it's a very hard thing to fight against because people don't come here for jobs and to live because they think it's true. And we've seen, we have evidence of that. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to talk about is extremely important. It's not a minor thing. I remember, and it's gone on forever. See, that's the thing people don't understand. What we're seeing now is a kind of an explosion of it. But we've been seeing that for 20 years. Shoot. I remember hearing uh, Carl Alexander and Pat Hartshorn have a conversation about crime statistics and how far off they were 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have some perspective. Um, So, what makes the violence prevention task force different because now it's very popular to have a march it's very popular to have a town hall it's very popular to do specific shotgun things Um, is the task force perhaps more effective because it meets on a regular basis or or what tell me
0: I think so. And I also think, you know, with using a public health approach to it, which um, which we use with our sexual violence prevention um, is really key because there are um, evidence based effective programs, things that we can do. To help our young people not partake in violence and then not to experience violence. And I think that's the key, you know, that we do meet on a regular basis and that we're we're doing some strategic things to be able to address this. Some of those things involve um, awareness, you know, with we did um, a group uh, awareness project with National Crime Victims Rights Week. Um, Again, we'll have we'll do that again next April and have a panel discussion with um, different professionals and uh, survivors as well. But I think the key is looking at those public health models of positive role models, positive male role models, um, you know, making sure that we're identifying risk factors and protective factors. And some of that goes in with the other things that came up with the ISYL you know, um, addressing poverty, all of those things are, are, are entwined together. Um, so I think that's a lot of what's different. We're going to see what the numbers are and see what we can do to, to affect real change.
1: Chandra, do a, do me a favor, uh, because I just had a, I had a head knocking moment with an elected official recently, which caught me by surprise. I didn't expect his reaction. Um, Politics and public health are not good bed partners. (laughs) Uh, And that's probably the the biggest understatement I've I've made this past year, but it's true. And if you don't understand public health, um, you really misunderstand and uh, you don't don't get COVID uh, because it is a public health issue. It is not a political football. And that's what it's become. So for just a moment, before we go to break and then start talking about violence with the eye et cetera, talk to me about public health because I don't think people understand what it is and why it matters.
2: Yes, That's I, too, I,
1: too big a question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would say I'd have to agree. Um, public health essentially promotes and protects the people um, where they live, where they work, where they learn, where they play. Um, so while doctors work to treat an illness, public health works to prevent that illness. And so um, when you talk about prevention, um, a lot of eyes tend to glaze over. There, there's no, there's no. Um, <laughs> Yes. So, so I think that's the biggest challenge when it comes to public health. It's, it's because it's preventing something that hasn't happened yet. Um, We tend to be a more reactive society versus a proactive society. And so um, public health is proactive. It's, it wants to, you know, interrupt um, things before it happens. And so sometimes people can't um, like grasp that idea of, you know, like stopping something before it occurs, like, why would we invest in things that hasn't haven't happened yet? And so, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I think that's the biggest, um, sort of challenge, I think out there as it relates to public health, but, um, unfortunately, but yet fortunately, this pandemic has sort of highlighted the importance of public health and, um, public health is literally everywhere. It's not just vaccinations. It's not just, um, viruses, it's, you know, wear your seatbelt, it's eat your vegetables, it's, um, you know, is the water, is the drinking water safe? So public health touches all aspects of our life. And so I'm, I'm happy to sit here and, you know, talk about why prevention is important um, and the ways that, you know, everyone in our community can, can be involved in public health.
1: Thank you. You did that eloquently. Having spent 16 years in public health and trying to get people to understand that prevention angle and how you address things from a public health perspective, um, I appreciate what you just said. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we are going to come. We're going to come back and talk about I Plan and how it, how violence uh, prevention fits into all of that. We'll do that in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490.
2: W-D-A-N. 1490
1: W-D-A-N. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 W-D-A-N. Linda Bolton with you on the Zoom call this morning with Survivors Resource Center uh, Director Marcy Sheridan. And also with us is Chandra Bishop, who is a regional health um, uh, person uh, working with, I know I'm not even going to go there, Chandra, uh, <laughs> all that stuff. She does marvelous things. And she has helped coordinate the I plan most recent, uh, I plans that the Vermillion County health department has conducted. And it's a big job and, uh, Marcy, I'm going to come back to you in a minute, but Chandra explained to, uh, us, um, Those who don't know, uh, who haven't heard me ranting and raving about IPLAN and how important it is for the last 30 years, um, tell us why IPLAN is important and where violence fits in a public health uh, community uh, assessment. Where, where, Where does violence fit? How does that fit in public health?
2: So I'll, I'll begin by sharing what I plan stand for. It's the Illinois project for local assessment of needs, and it's conducted by every health department in the state of Illinois. Um, and for Vermilion County, we have sort of joined up with, um, other entities who have to conduct a needs assessment survey so that, you know, we just do it one time in Vermilion County versus, you know, multiple entities surveying the, the community. Um, and so I think over the last several years, we have seen that you know gun violence or violence in general has become a public health issue. Um, and so, because public health focuses on safety and well-being of entire populations, that's where um, sort of it makes sense to categorize violence and gun violence as a public health issue. Um, and because it has been recognized as a public health issue. Um, we can look at evidence-based um, methods and and interventions to sort of um, interrupt violence um, and and sort of um, reduce its its occurrence in our community.
1: One of the things I think is important about the fact that I plan has acknowledged this as a community health issue is that much like COVID, um, guns you say though you say that word and immediately becomes a political issue. So it's by God, you're not taking my guns away. We got to get rid of all the guns. And, and we start the fight begins and we you know we all roll out our, our various reasonings for why it should be the way we believe and, and, and only that way. One of the things I think is so important about public health taking this issue on is first of all, it does affect the entire community. So we're all affected and impacted, be it mentally or physically by gun violence. Secondly, I I just think public health, the designation as this being a public health issue takes it away for, or tries to take it away from the politics and talk about what's really going on here and how's our community
2: being affected. Would you agree with that or? Yes, absolutely. Um, the The issue of gun violence and violence in general is is so complex, and it's it's deeply rooted in our culture, um, which is why we have to take this public health approach to ensure that our families and communities are safe. So, um, it when you look at gun violence, it's the one of the leading causes of premature deaths, and if public health is working to prevent. Um, premature deaths, then it just makes sense that the two are are linked and it becomes a public health um, issue.
1: Marcy, let's go back to the task force for a moment. So um, tell me how, you know, and you kind of, we talked a little bit about this earlier before break, but how is the task force different than so many other efforts that are underway? And How can, you know, how is it helping us? What, uh, What are you doing to try to turn this thing around? Well, we're
0: exploring a couple of things right now. And one is with uh, the group that we have and and getting new members as well, um, being able to uh, get together and uh, each of us be able to do a community presentation. So we would be able to go out into the communities, um, anyone who would want us to, and talk about these issues and ways that they can positively impact and especially positively impact children's lives as as they um, grow up in our community. So those are those are one of the things. Um, And then just um, definitely like the work that we do in the schools is again on that public health model. It's evidence based. It's um, not what we used to do was we'd come in, you know, like, Once a year and talk about body safety. Well, now we come in and we do, you know, we do do eight sessions in the fall, we can come back and do, you know, eight more sessions in the spring, and then leave those students with with the skills to have a healthy relationship and and not partake in violence and then also help those teachers and parents to reinforce those so those are some of the things that we're exploring as far as doing some prevention education and and again having not just you know us come and talk about sexual violence because really our programs really are just about anti-violence and healthy relationships in general. So we do anti-bullying work. Um, you know, we, we do all of that. So getting this whole group on board with doing those things, um, we think is going to be really impactful and really huge.
1: Well, I think the, the biggest thing, the thing I'm most excited about is the fact that Brooke uh, Kuchewski um, and, and Tara, when they're looking at uh, education in the schools, they are going in multiple times toward the end of my time in public health. That's one of the things we certainly learned was the value of sending somebody in to talk to kids multiple times, not just particularly looked at that um, in terms of STDs, etc. But it, you can't just go in and say, hey, kids. Do the right thing. Okay, bye. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) It just doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. So it's so great that you are in multiple times now and building those relationships with kids and helping them because the whole conflict resolution issue is pretty serious right now. And we need to take a look at that. We're going to go to break when we come back. Chandra, I'm going to talk to you about that for just a second. We'll do that in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN.
2: 1490
1: WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton on the Zoom call this morning with Marcy Sheridan, who heads up the Survivors Resource Center and is part of the Violence Prevention Task Force here in Vermillion County. And also with us is Chandra Bishop. Who is a regional health officer with public health? Works with the uh, Vermain County Public Health Department. Has been integral in helping uh, Doug and Melissa get the I plan cranked out. The community health needs assessment. Violence is part of the uh, the community health assessment now, and it's something that is really a public health issue. And that's why it's. I'm so pleased to have Chandra with us. Chandra, talk to me um, about. We talk about this issue of violence and public health being a, a public health issue. One of the things that I think we're not giving enough attention to yet is really conflict resolution and our inability to solve things. We can't do it as adults, for God's sake, uh, without, <laughs> without serious uh, conflict and picking up guns and, and other weapons and yelling and screaming and pointing and cussing. What I, I don't even understand all that. But what scares me is that that's the behavior our kids are seeing. And we're starting to see that in our schools and other places. Kids are kids and they always do stupid things. But now when they do stupid things, they pick up guns. So
2: how are you looking at that as a public health issue? Well, I I think Marcy said it earlier, role modeling is is important. Um, We want to... in the public health approach to preventing gun violence, um, it's, we want to interrupt the transmission of violence. Um, We want to identify risk factors associated with gun violence. And so that's looking at, you know, depression and poverty. Um, And then um, youth access to trusted adults is also um, sort of a good thing um, in that role model aspect, making sure that they, if they're experiencing a problem with another, their kid, they have a trusted adult that they can go to instead of resorting to, um, you know, violence and things like that. Um, we want to reduce risk factors and build resilience in our community. Um, so, I, I, those are just the, a few of the ways that we can interrupt the transmission of violence. Um, just we want to track gun-related deaths and injuries so that we can um, sort of make that assessment and see where the impact um, of our interventions are are happening. Um, so those are just the, a few things. And the, the Violence Task Force has um, started, as Marcy mentioned, working through education um, and advocacy and, and engaging the community in these efforts. Um, we're working to um, increase accessibility, um, to support, um, support interventions and making sure that resources are available because we know that gun violence is just a symptom of, of larger issues in our community. So we want to make sure that we're getting to those root causes to help stop or prevent community violence.
1: Mercy, we're almost out of time, but if somebody's interested, uh, maybe they're tired of just sitting there, wringing their hands, and going, "Gee, this is awful." People have, you know, are are hurting each other, and there's violence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If they're tired of just sitting there and they want to do something, can they can they reach out to the task force? Can they help? Can uh, they? Yep
0: absolutely yeah we're always looking for new members so they can give us a call here we're co-chairing it um the task force it's uh four four six one three three seven they can ask for me or ask for tara wright who um runs the meetings as well um can certainly reach out to chandra at public health um but yeah i mean you know we're we're really taking important steps in our community to address again gun violence domestic violence sexual violence elder abuse and child abuse so so all of those things um, people can really make a difference in their community
1: we would love to have them yeah and we need to make we 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 need to make our community healthier by all means chandra i only have a minute or so uh, but you're you're beginning your community health survey correct and yes. you i'm assuming you want to tell people where they can find it and what they can do
2: Yes, um, we are gathering input from um, community Vermilion County residents. Um, if you go to the Vermilion County Health Department's uh, website, vchd.org, it's right there on that homepage. Click the link, take the survey, give your input about you know concerns about the community, what's going well, what isn't. Um, we're all, we're collecting that data once again.
1: Yeah, and that that data is going to be extremely valuable as Chandra and Doug and Melissa take a look at at all of that because the I plan is based on data. It's not based on what I think is important or what anybody else. That was the first lesson I learned in public health uh, when I was sent to Springfield by Laker. Um, you don't base it on what you think. You base it on the data and what the numbers say. So it's real important. Go to their website, the health department, uh, Vermont County Health Department website. You can find out about your seasonal flu shot and you can find out about COVID, but you can also take that community survey and and help everybody as they make these decisions. Ladies, thank you. We will have you back again because there's so much to talk about. I really appreciate you being here this morning. Thank you, take care. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. All right, we'll talk again soon. Okay, people, uh, we're gonna continue this conversation about Uh, domestic violence tomorrow. Uh, Robin Castleberry will be with me. She is a a survivor. She's gonna tell her story. Tara Wright is gonna be here from Survivors Resources giving us an idea about how important that prevention uh, and education factor really is in breaking this cycle of violence. So please join us tomorrow for Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton.
2: Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.